About Us, a podcast that discusses how policies affect rural Tennesseans. My name is Sandy Rice, and I'm your host. The podcast is part of the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Go to tnholler.com, check out the other podcasts in the network, support Tennessee Holler, and sign up for the newsletter. Our topic today is ecotourism, and we are going to be talking about the Mountain Goat Trail, a multi-use path on an old rail bed currently going across parts of the Cumberland Plateau from Suwannee to Tracy City. My guest is Patrick Dean, who's director of the Mountain Goat Trail Association. We're going to jump right into our interview where I have asked him about the history of the mountain goat. In the 1850s, um, if you know the history of the coal industry up on the mountain, that they actually started in Swanee, and then uh, when the coal was not sufficiently uh, of a sufficient quality, they, they extended it east and then north. So the, the railroad gradually grew out toward Palmer, where it finally ended. And uh, the purpose of the railroad in the beginning was solely to bring coal off the mountain down to Cowan, um, and then to put, to put on the train to go to Nashville and Chattanooga. And at some point, they also uh, added passenger service. Uh, if you read the early history of the mountain and of the university, you'll hear of people riding the train and getting off in Swanee to, uh, to come to the mountain. And uh, that's what it did. Uh, in the 19-teens, it brought President William Howard Taft to Swanee mm-hmm. um, and had a long history until the 1980s. And I just realized, didn't realize, I just learned today um, then in 1980, Congress passed an act deregulating the railroad and allowing for uh, unprofitable routes to be closed. And I'm wondering if that's oh, if that was with the spur that caused the railroad to shut down in the mid 80s. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, anyway, in the early 80s, mid 80s, the railroad shut down. CSX, who owned it at that point, took the rails up, okay. took everything off, and uh, that's when this project sort of had its beginnings. Oh, okay. Okay. There was a private citizen named Mr. Acuff who bought all the rail bed between Swanee and Tracy City. The rest of it remained in CSX's hands. Okay. And uh, we have minutes from public meetings back in the late 80s. Doug Cameron and people like that were involved okay. in these meetings just that early on saying, hey, you know, we've got this resource. Why can't we, can we turn it into a path, a walking path, a, you mm-hmm. know, or for people to get out and use and exercise on. Was um, this was this kind of um, where was this in relation to that kind of the rails to trails movement? Was it, did it precede that or the rails to trails movement actually began in the mid '60s um, okay. Okay. up in Illinois. Uh, the very oh. first conversion was I can't remember the name of it, but it was in Illinois somewhere. Um, but apparently this 1980 act really kicked off the boom in rail trail projects okay. um, because it did allow the railroads. It sounds as though the railroads, because of regulation, had to keep all these unprofitable spurs open to mm-hmm. serve different people in remote areas. Okay. Um, and in 1980, they changed that. Routes started closing, started shutting down. And then as a result, the, the vacuum was filled by people who were, had this idea to use it for other purposes. Okay, so um, my understanding is that a lot of these projects, the railroad handed over the 
uh, property mm -hmm. to the rails and trails. And that's, that's not been the case for the mountain goat. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, CSX is a big, unwieldy corporation, and um, it hasn't always been consistent in how it's dealt with abandoned railroad uh -huh. uh, rail beds and, and organizations like ours. There have been cases where they gave rail beds. There have been cases where they gave rail beds and donated money to, to um, localities and organizations. And then there have been places where they felt like they needed to be paid for their for their property, and that's been the case for us. But we, after several years of negotiations, we worked out a purchase agreement with CSX to buy the rest of the rail bed. And now, um, Grundy County, which uh, received a grant to do this, through our inter intermediation, bought the 17 miles of rail bed between Tracy City and Palmer. Okay. And yeah, and uh, as for the property between Cowan and Swanee, the short story is that CSX basically has washed their hands of ownership of that. And we're dealing with all the property owners along the trail to go through the legal hoops to make sure that it, the rail bed can be used by us to be turned into rail trail. Okay. But the first section would have been Swanee to St. Andrews basically. So okay. in the, yeah, uh, right around 2000, uh, Ian Prunty, uh, son of Wyatt Prunty, the English professor, uh, in 20, uh, for his Eagle Scout project, decided to see if he could sort of launch a launch a, a movement to get that first two miles turned into a path. And uh, wealthy donors and people stepped up and sort of pitched in and added to that original idea. And so sometime in the early 2000s, that first section was built between um, downtown Swanee and Highway 156 at St. Andrews and so then after that first section was built, not long after, in 2006, the Mountain Goat Trail Alliance was created as a 501c3 nonprofit to formalize that work and, and extend the trail. Um, and also to do fundraising then. Oh, exactly, exactly. Because um, it has to go hand in hand with securing exactly. property. Exactly. You know, we do the standard nonprofit fundraising things with, you know, email solicitations and all that sort of thing. Um, and we've also, um, we've had until this year, uh, in the annual race on the Mountain Goat Trail, a two-mile walk, five-mile run, and for the past couple of years, a half marathon, um, which is a big fundraiser for us. Um, we do social events and things like that, get-togethers and all that sort of thing. Um, but the vast majority of the funding has been from, from grant funding, um, mainly through uh, the TDOT, Department of Transportation, uh, TDAC, Department of Environment and Conservation, and uh, the Tennessee Department of Health's Project Diabetes Program, mm -hmm. which was a newcomer to us and a really new thought because it didn't really occur to us that, that health and wellness initiatives might be a major source of funding for this. But it's very logical. Um, and I guess we'll talk later on about the, the trail and its benefits and all that sort of thing. But um, there's a, there are a lot of people who understand the benefits of a, of a resource like the Mountain Goat Trail. And uh, um, there's some good funding out there for it. And so we've been able to tap into some of those. We've raised, we've matched close to $3 million in foundation funding with over a million dollars in private. Mm -hmm. 
funding since okay. since 2010, more or less. So, so, so we, Swanee, Mount Eagle, and then it skips over to Tracy City. Well, the second section was built. So I came on to the Alliance in 2000, late 2011. And uh, the grant had already been procured by the town of Mont Eagle to build, it was a transportation alternatives grant from TDOT to build the three miles from, uh, from Highway 156 in St. Andrews to, um, to the Dollar General. So that three miles was completed in 2015, April of 2015. Okay. Um, it was a grant to the town of Mont Eagle and that we, the MGTA, furnished the match for that, the 20% cash match. The decision was made uh, before I came on board that uh, we were going to get all of the properties between along that three miles donated. We were not going to pay for any of it. So um, there were protracted conversations with the landowners. I think there were something like 12 or 14 landowners between Swanee and Mont Eagle. Um, but eventually it all worked out and, uh, and the trail got built. So and it's a highly used uh, section of the trail. Got the beautiful bridge behind Pearls, and it's a really, really lovely it is. section for sure. It's multi-use. <laughs> it's multi-use. It's multimodal. Uh, it's designed to be uh, used by as many people as possible. Uh, every bit of it so far is ADA accessible, um, asphalt paved. We do get questions about whether we should be paving, um, you know, out in nature, out in the woods. Uh, and our answer has been, you know, that there are, there are hundreds of miles of, of technical single track dirt rock root trail up on the mountain. Mm -hmm. But in terms of, of trail that's accessible for everybody, for strollers and wheelchairs and everyone, mm -hmm. um, there's a need. There's a real need for that. And uh, safe, separated uh, trail for everybody. And so that's what this is meant to be. The... Uh, we have paved eight and a half miles so far. The projected project is 40 miles long from Cowan all the way up and out to Palmer. So Cowan, Swanee, Mount Eagle, Tracy City, Colmont, Brutley Lager, Palmer. Um, and uh, that's what we're about. Our main function is raising money and building trail. And it's not as if you're paving over uh, forest land or cutting down trees. This was a rail bed. That's right. That's and right. The grade is about three three percent back and forth, right? I mean, that's right. So uh, um, people will say, "Well, are there any hills?" Well, no. <laughs> Rail that. Right. It's it's really pretty pretty flat, and it cuts through areas where there was a hill, or it's built up where there was an area where there was you know a dip. I can tell you on a bicycle though. You can feel that 3% grade if it's very gradual. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> People do ask about, you know, when it, when it gets built from Cowan to, to Swanee, is that going to be, you know, steep? It's, it's much less steep than the road now that goes up, you know, Highway 41A. Mm -hmm. Because as you say, it's, it's meant for a train to come up and kept at a fairly low grade. So it winds and twists and turns and keeps it much more level. So. Right, right. Tell us about going over the freeway. <laughs> well that that's a funny story so we've been for years and years there have been urban legends about the railroad bridge which was abandoned as part of the general abandonment in the 1980s um 
Nobody knew who owned it. TDOT owned it. No, they didn't. The town owned it. No, they didn't. Um, Roy Acuff's heirs owned it or not. And uh, finally, we chased down that, that apparently the town of Mont Eagle did own it. Okay. Um, at the time that we were applying for a million dollar grant from TDOT called the Multimodal Grant. And uh, with that grant, we, we, uh, the town was the, was the actual applicant. We were supporting it. And uh, the idea was to, to reclaim the bridge, refurbish it as part of the Mountain Goat Trail, and also use some funds to extend east from there into downtown Swanee, hopefully all the way to Tower Community Bank. And the, the town received that grant from TDOT. And uh, a little bit later, we heard from another part of TDOT who said that uh, it's local projects, I believe the office of TDOT is. And they said that they had it in their plans to replace one of the two automobile bridges over the interstate. And there are actually two different bridges, if you look at it, um, over the interstate, right, at exit 134, one going east and one going west. Uh, the one going west, which is the north side, the side close to Waffle House and all that stuff, um, is older and in worse repair and uh, is due to be replaced. And TDOT, that office of TDOT was not really interested in maintaining three bridges across the interstate, including one that's as old as the railroad bridge. Mm -hmm. So they said, if we were to commit to building a multimodal path when we replaced the automobile bridge, made it part of that, um, would you abandon the railroad bridge? And our answer was, if you'll let us keep the million dollars we've already received from TDOT, the multimodal grant, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was worked out. So that's oh, the point. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Sometime this fall, we hope to, to roll on with the multimodal grant, which will let us build. We're still going to start at the bridge, at the car bridge, there in front of Sonic and come east as far as we can with the money we're given from TDOT, creating the trail into downtown Monegle. So you'll have a multimodal path in front of the BP station and the, and the, um, the hotel and all that, where there's no, there's no safe passage across to the interstate bridge now. Um, and hopefully in the next year or two, they'll, uh, they'll get around to working on that bridge and we'll get all the way across. Okay. Well, good. And um, and TDOT, of course, this fall is also working on extending the trail themselves. TDOT, without any help from us or any investment from us, is going to extend the trail from um, Mountain Outfitters, where it ends, all the way to Waffle House and to the bridge from the Swanee side, from the okay. west side. Okay. okay. So that once the bridge, once the automobile bridge gets replaced, we'll have trail all the way through that area, which we're really excited about. Well, I think um, one of the exciting things about this is the new um, trails in Tracy City. And Tracy City is in Grundy County. And how have the people uh, in Grundy County accepted this, the Mount Go Trail? Okay. Right. Well, there's a really, there's a wonderful symmetry um, in the fact that the, the end of the coal industry on the mountain hurt no place worse than Tracy City, Grundy County. Tracy City was a boom town. Mm -hmm. If you look at the history, they had um, they had banks, they had auto dealerships, they had a thriving um, economy um, based on coal. And um, 
the result of it leaving is as you say. And um, the mountain goat trail, which is only possible because there was a railroad, because it was a coal industry, mm-hmm. um, is now sort of offering a way for that community to to rebuild and to grow again in a different way and around a different sort of idea. Um, and the reception has been really good. And the, the, the town, the new section of trail, three miles were built in the last couple of years between downtown Tracy City heading toward Mont Eagle. Um, it's heavily used. It's a beautiful section of trail. Um, people love it. There are hundreds of people on it every month. Uh, we have a trail counter. We have infrared trail counter set up, so we know that. Okay. Um, almost a thousand a month people people counted as, as being on the trail. And uh they really do see it for what it is. They they talk about uh people in Grundy County and on the plateau generally talk about the South Cumberland State Parks and the Mountain Goat Trail being the biggest draws for people to come mm-hmm. from outside the area mm-hmm. up on the mountain. So and it's really gratifying to be considered in that in that way to mention the south cumberland state park the fiery gizzard trail is one of the best in the united states right and you can almost see the fiery gizzard trailhead parking lot from the mountain goat trail in tracy right. city it's that right. close and savage gulf when we get the trail out to the northern end uh, in grootley lager i believe the trail is only two properties away from the southern entrance to savage gulf mm-hmm. yeah. so there's a, there's a real symbiosis there between um, the mountain goat trail and and the state parks mm-hmm. and you can you can combine you'll be able to combine visits with to the parks and to the trail uh, eventually and so. i understand the gov- the local government in grundy county is very very supportive of the efforts to their of the mountain goat trail absolutely uh as i mentioned a while ago it was the county that that applied for the fifty thousand dollar grant that allowed uh us to purchase the csx property between Tracy City and Palmer, and then turn it over to the county. The county owns it. Um, one note I'll just throw in here is that we don't own, well, there's one little section we own right now, but we don't own, in general, we don't own the trail. Uh, Franklin County owns the trail. Okay. Town of Mont Eagle, the town of Tracy City are the ones who own and maintain the trails. So we acquire it, we get the trail built, and we turn it over to, to the local okay. governmental entities. So, um, and we, of course, we assist them and support them however we can in keeping it, you know, keeping it clean, keeping it safe, um, supporting projects like yarn bombing and stuff like that. So, ah, yes. <laughs> what, what's even in a pandemic, what's kind of being thought about to, uh, you know, really revitalize, you know, Grundy County. Right. So a few years back, the Babson Center for Global Commerce at the University of the South took us on as their, um, their fellows project one semester and uh, they did an economic impact study um, looking at similar trails to ours such as the Virginia Creeper Trail in in Western uh, Virginia and other other trail projects like ours and their uh, the conservative end of their estimate for an 80% completed trail was um, 1.2 million dollars annually in economic benefit from the trail okay uh, which is a great number and, uh, and without any input or direction from anybody, all on their own, uh, they came to the conclusion that Tracy City would be the center of that, that it was the natural focal point for all of that activity um, in terms of 
restaurants and bicycle repair shops and uh, lodging and all the sorts of things that spring up when these sort of trail projects get built. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really, it's great to be able to see other projects that have gone on in the last 30 years and just see this happen over and over again, where a project like this, a, a sufficiently long trail to bring people who will stay overnight to mm -hmm. enjoy the trail and the surrounding attractions, mm -hmm. um, brings in just sort of, just sort of grows these, incubates these, these types of businesses. Mm -hmm. So um, now the park it ha has not done that so much, uh, and I don't think there's is there even camping in South Cumberland State Park. Um, there's overnight tent camping in Fire Gizzard, okay. and there and also in Savage Gulf. Okay. Um, and I, I know they're always looking for ways to. Do that because the state parks know as well as anyone that most of the people who come there come during the day, enjoy the park, and then go back to where they came from. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So um, that's a well-known phenomenon that they've been working on. We have the luxury of being sort of laser-focused on just building the thing. You know, um, we do support s sort of very logical sort of collaborations like the downtown Tracy City Park and art. Uh, art initiatives and things like that that are very closely tied to the trail. But in terms of that bigger picture, that's something we're happy to leave to, to other organizations, other structures than, than us. We're Ecotourism, it's um, and it, as a new industry for, um, you know, rural areas in, in Tennessee. Ecotourism is defined as responsible travel to natural areas that conserve the environment and improves the welfare of local people. So it really is, so it's both, but it, it really is ecotourism. Um, yeah, I think that, that definition is, it makes sense. And, and I think the idea behind ecotourism is that you'll come to a place for the natural resources that it offers for the, you know, for the, um, for the beauty that you can in, encounter. Um, and then you have, you know, a good meal somewhere or you, you know, stay in a cool Airbnb. And, and so it's the, it's the both and right. 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 kind of, kind of situation. Good. So, um, I, was I, was also, I, wanted to, I want to address something you said a minute ago about the buy-in um, and the local, the local buy-in. And, and that's, that's absolutely true. We've always said that, you know, one of the things that we get asked a lot as an organization building a 10 foot wide asphalt path up on here up on the mountain is well so what are you going to do about four wheelers on the on the trail uh -huh. and um our answer has always been that it's going to be up to the people living and using living by and using the trail to control that i mean it's going to be um it's going to take you know grandmothers out on the trail and and mothers with strollers and people uh -huh. like that who are going to be being on the trail and and taking the initiative and saying this is the kind of trail we want and and this is how it's going to be, uh -huh. uh, so, and that has happened. So we've seen we've seen people the Tracy City area the Tracy City Trail they've taken responsibility for that and uh, you know made it into the trail that they want it to be. So Good. it's really heartening and I think that happens and it's going to happen for the rest of the trail too. So my action plan kind of goes into that is is go go to the mountain goat trail. And behave yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
um, there's, uh, you know, there's parking, um, you know, at Swanee kind of at the start of it, there's a bike shop there. There's a place in Swanee to get a bite to eat and, and, um, be on your way. Um, there is one section that goes past kind of a, I, I just call it the sand plant. Mm -hmm. That's what we call it too. And, um, and there's a broom there. <laughs> <laughs> that I need to replace. Yes. <laughs> the, the sand drifts across the path. And so, you know, for some, some cyclists, I mean, that's kind of, ooh, that's kind of um, a little dangerous. So there's a, a big broom there that's replaced quite often. So after, either before <laughs> or after, you kind of sweep the, the trail off. Right. There's a couple of sections that there's a lot of sun, um, you know, kind of wide open um, and uh, other, other, places to, other places to stop and then be careful, you know, going over. I-24, the bridge there, it's a car bridge and the places where you are close to, close to the road. And uh, yes, but go and support it. Do you want to talk about uh, supporting the Mount Goat Trail Association? Sure. Is there, well, a website? Is there a donate button? <laughs> absolutely. Mountaingoattrail.org is our website. We have a, a very active Facebook page and a very active email um, newsletter that we keep people in contact with the trail and uh, we'd love to have people support. We, uh, we have a survey on our website that we hope people will do every time they use the trail they're, they're at, We'd love to have people fill out the survey and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing on the trail. Um, every month we draw names from the survey responses and give out a little MGTA merchandise. And so to, okay. to encourage people to take the survey, uh -huh. um, and hopefully next year we'll get the race back on and have people mm -hmm. running and walking on the trail uh, in our annual celebration with Mountain Outfitters. I want to shout out to Mountain Outfitters, who's been a huge sponsor of this event for ever since it began. Came out with the idea, actually, brought the idea to us for this event and have been the major sponsor. Um, really appreciate their support as well. So, yes, we'd love to have people contact us and tell us what they think about the trail and tell us what we, what we can do better and support us if you're able to. Yeah. And, and events uh, mm -hmm. are, are there to keep, because uh, there's, there's a lot, I mean, and there's groups that have bicycle events and, and, you know, groups of all kinds of people that do walks and the hunger walk is there. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, uh, it's just wonderful. And, um, but also, you know, while you're here, uh, go to the, South Cumberland State Park or really any state park or natural area, you know, where you live and, and get out. And I think a lot of people have been doing that because we've had this little pandemic thing and people can't get out. And so when they do get out, they go, um, but you've done a great job. This is really exciting. And I'm glad to be able to let people know that this is an area, uh, uh, you know, for rural Tennessee um, to get involved in, improve yeah. our lives. Thanks and, so much. It's a great uh, pleasure to be a part of, for sure. Yeah, and and to strengthen our voices, um, that's that's a big part of of the podcast is to give us information and strengthen our voices so that we're not, you know, overlooked or flown over. You know, right, so. right. Anything else right. you want to add? Um, well, I do want to make another shout out to the uh, to the Tracy City Downtown Park. They're doing a wonderful job. We've collaborated with them. If you go down to downtown Tracy. Um, where you've got the Grundy County Historical Center, you've got the Annex Restaurant, you've got 
Cindy Day's uh, Dutch made. Uh, you've got the corner, Hank's Corner Grill. Um, and this park now has, not only is access is three miles of mountain goat trail, but there's a very cool new playground uh, set up there. There's a pavilion where you can sit on picnic tables underneath the pavilion and have lunch or whatever. There are plans coming for a stage so music can happen and other other events like that can happen. Um, it's just a great area and I think it's only going to help Tracy City. It's a great place to take the kids, let them play in the playground, get on the trail for a while. Um, just a wonderful asset for, for the area, for the town. Well, and it's just steeped in history. I mean, the Coke ovens, the historical mm -hmm. society there, um, the, uh, the Bagenstasses, the Swedish community that was there, Rootley Lager. Right. And um, the Highlander School. Right. Uh, the history with that. So, and there's, uh, there's talk of a spur, spur off of the trail um, in Mount Eagle over to Highlander at some point. Uh-huh, right. And um, did I mention the tiny house community? Not yet, but we should give them a shout-out, too. The uh, uh, Water. retreat at Water's Edge. Uh -huh. um, uh, Chip Hayes and his folks have done a, a great job, and they've uh, really supported the trail. They, they donated a property at the retreat at Water's Edge uh, for us to raffle all benefits going to the Mountain Goat Trail. We did that back in August, and it was a great success. Big success. So, and we're looking for more raffle opportunities. Maybe next year we're going to do something that doesn't involve someone ending up with a property when it's over with. Something a little less of a commitment than that. Uh, <laughs> raffles like weekend visiting packages with a stay right. at the, the the tiny house plus some dinners and some activities and things like that. So, um, yeah, we really appreciate. It. We're glad they're here and and they're they're great friends and, and partners for the trail. And then I don't know, I, I may add that to my weekend exploring, but um, there's a zip line. Do you know anything about this? Oh, sure. Big, Bigfoot or? Bigfoot. Yeah, Andy Bagenstoss has a great little setup out there um, with zip lines and there's camping out there and uh, all sorts of stuff going on out there. It's definitely worth checking out. And there's a blueberry farm. Um, I can't think of the name of it right now, and I think the blueberries are done, but I go out every year and pick blueberries, but they have other uh, vegetables, and let me see, and then I think we're really kind of throwing the, the net out, uh, but there's a cave there that does music. The caverns, exactly. The caverns, and oh my gosh, they are, um, they're not able to have any music, but but they've opened up another cave. Of course, the whole area is, is great for caves. It is, it is that. We won't go um, into the, the geology, but that's another fascinating thing. Oh, I love but, it here. I <laughs> know. <laughs> so one last point I wanted, we haven't really hit on this, but uh, when I first got involved with the Mountain Goat Trail Alliance, it was, it was from the place of wanting to get involved with cycling advocacy um, because um, when people use bicycles, not just for fun, but for daily life, it solves lots of problems. If, if, if you create an infrastructure where people will ride their bikes to go grocery shopping or to go eat out or, or even bike to work um, or to school, you're getting cars off the road, you're lessening pollution, you're making people healthier. Um, there's, it's just a win-win-win. And so... Um, we hope that the Mountain Goat Trail will not only be an exercise and a wellness and a tourism 
uh, resource, but also something that people will use to get out of their cars. Thank you, Patrick Dean, Executive Director of the Mountain Goat Trail Alliance. I share Patrick's enthusiasm for the trail and went the next day to bicycle this newest section. Beautiful fall wildflowers and the leaves just starting to fall. Now, I realize you may not have an old rail bed in your community, but what natural area could people travel to, experience without harming the environment, and improve the welfare of local people? The challenge is financing, and this is where you talk to your elected officials and your candidates for office about how to fund an ecotourism project. Good luck. Thanks for listening to What About Us, and thanks to the Tennessee Holler for hosting a variety of of podcasts to inform and strengthen our voices to make Tennessee better and stronger. Go to TennesseeHoller.com. It's people-powered. <laughs>